When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's my noisemaker. Happy New Year. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Happy 2022. Oh ghouls. my gosh. Happy New Year, everybody. My gosh, the garbage dumpster fire, which was the past two years. I am ready. I'm ready for a whole new year. And uh, I'm hoping this one will be less of a dumpster fire. I'm sure it'll be a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. Just I, fire. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to say that I can see the future, but um, I don't think it's going to be too much different than the last year. <laughs> there might be peaks and valleys, but I'm thinking we're still par for the course of like, 2021. I know. 2.0. Yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to all the anti-vaxxers who are ruining it for all of us. And if you are still listening to the show and you're an anti-vaxxer, kindly go fuck yourself because really, let's be honest, none of them could possibly be left at this point. (laughs) Um, Oh, we just lost like, oh, there the numbers go down. There they go, Jackie. Oh, bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I, we are both vax. We are both boosted and both of us uh, suffered the consequences of the booster, but you know what? That's better than getting COVID and spreading it to our loved ones. So eat my ass. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I'm especially excited because the entire Pona clan is happily vaccinated as we head into the new year. So I am, I'll take it. Um, but anywho, Jackie, tell me a little bit about your take on new year's. I have, I have a very hate, hate relationship with new year's, but I'm curious, do you do resolutions? First of all, you know what? I always say that I'm not going to do resolutions and I'm not going to be that person, but I have found in the last few years that I have, and last year mm. I made a resolution and I actually stuck with it. I, I don't even want to say I made a re- resolution. I made a goal. The books? Yeah, yeah, it was the books. I made a goal for myself. I wanted to read more. And I said, I want to read 20 books in 2021. And I squeaked by, squeaked by, but I got... I read 20 books this year, which makes me it. feel really good because it's a, it's a hobby that I absolutely love. And I forced myself to make time for it. Really what it's, that's what it comes down to. I, I needed to just kind of prioritize and instead of coming home from work and being a couch potato, 
which is wonderful. And I still yeah. have made plenty of time to be a couch potato. That's an important hobby as well. In my but opinion. I also made time to read. So I hit my goal. I nice. have this other resolution that I have every single year. Snuggle me more. Cause that should be on your resolution. It should be, it, you yeah. know what it is right. every year. It's snuggle more. Yeah. Snuggle more, some more. The resolution that I had, um, unfortunately I really can't do in these crazy times, but my resolution for the last few years has always been, um, actually spend time with like my Facebook friends. Cause I have a ton, I have like 500 mm. fucking friends on Facebook and I really in person spend time with none of them. Even if it's something as simple as let's go get a cup of coffee, let's go grab lunch or dinner somewhere, just a physical in-person interaction with one of my friends. Cause like, again, I, I think there might be three people on my Facebook list that I've never met in person, but like, I know them from the internet kind of thing. Like they're oh, internet that's friends. Adorable. Yeah. everybody else. They're either old high school friends, college friends, just people in my life. And every year, like I always say, I'm like, that's going to be my resolution is I'm going to spend more time, more face-to-face time with my actual friends. Um, but pandemic and I get it. So Maybe 2023 will be the year that I make more time for the friends in my life in person. I love you for that. That's adorable. I'm actually of the, I want to see even less of the people I know in 2021, (laughs) which again, I'm just more as the older I get, the more introverted and curmudgeonly I get. But no, I think that's really cute. I I would love, there are certain people who are on my social media and people who I haven't seen in in a while that I miss terribly. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Maybe next year. There's always always next year. Um, Yeah. I have a love hate relationship with resolutions myself. I feel like it puts undue pressure on you. It yeah. makes you feel bad when you don't achieve it. So I like to, to start resolutions that I know I can achieve. Like, for example, in 2021, I hope to curse even more than I already do, which is, I think I can do it. And this year, I'm sticking to my goals, people. Okay. Um, I am also, my other big one is, of course, and I, I'm sure most people out there can, can relate. I always do the, I'm going to work out so hard this year. Like, yeah. I get so oh, buff yeah. and I get oh, yeah. so big. I'm going to lose then- so much weight in 2022. <laughs> But uh, my gym really enjoys collecting my money every month. I'm sure of it because I'm mm. definitely one of those people who just. I them. was smart enough to go through the elaborate process of canceling my gym mm-hmm. membership. Mm-hmm. You had to do it like three months in best. advance with yeah. a certified letter and I think like a vial of blood yeah. of your firstborn. Sacrifice, right? of the gym, right? I no? went through the shit show so they could no longer take $20 a month for me. And I, I no longer you. feel guilty because the gym that I belong to was legitimately in front of my home. And I, I, I passed the gym every single day to and from work. So I felt just utter guilt every single day, not stepping foot in that gym. But yeah, I, I went through and I canceled and now I am guilt-free and large. So <laughs> <laughs> I go through like my entire year, I go through like ebb and flow with the gym. Like I'll go through like a solid month where I'm really good. And then I'll go to stop and then I'll go two months with, you know, like, so it's like, if to be fair, the whole year is ups and downs with me and my relationship with the gym. It's by far the most, the most, uh, the, the most dangerous and problematic relationship in my life. But I, you know, I feel, it. I feel bad for the people that consistently go to the gym that enjoy working out 
I feel bad for those people in January because I'm sure they're walking into the gym and they're like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. That has to be their mentality. Silver lining, it'll last two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I I can't, I can't imagine you walk into the gym on January 2nd and you are legitimately someone that enjoys going to the gym. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a shit show to see all these like rando people like, oh Christ. What are you doing? Like, here? Get off my machine. Right. Get off. Get and off. I'm that person. I'm that, yeah. that person. That <laughs> off. Um, so as of course, as you've gathered everyone, this is our very special New Year's Eve episode. I can't believe we've never done a New Year's like episode. This is a long time. Well, I coming. think we've we've kind of learned the don't do a holiday movie on the holiday. I think I think we've tried and failed a couple times with a few of those. Yeah, we do yeah. have like a lost April Fool's Day episode out there somewhere we where did. we reviewed that movie. <laughs> I'm sure whatever whatever happened that it never got aired, I'm sure it's on me. Whatever that was. <laughs> um, but I gotta tell you, I hate New Year's Eve. I I really, really do. I do. I loathe it. I loathe any holiday where there's pressure to have a good time. Like same thing. My my this is the same beef I have with the Fourth of July. Don't tell me I have to party and have fun. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't really mind it. Um, I actually have a lot of good memories from new year's mm, eve okay. i used to hang with my my grandmother my mom oh my god uh, me too. Or my grandmother on my mom's side my i call her mim um she passed away gosh it'll be almost 10 years now but i used to spend every new year's eve with her my parents went out and partied and i would stay with mim and like we used to have our traditions we always made sugar cookies with the royal icing you know we always she always got one of those um hickory farms gifts so we always had like cheese and summer yes. sausage and crackers and it, was stuff. Like, it was our jam yeah. we watched dick clark's new year's rock and eve and then you know we chilled and then whenever we went to bed we went to bed like so i have i have very good memories of new year's eve and and now you know my anniversary with chad is new year's day so it's always just kind of a fun lead up to when midnight hits, it's kind of more significant now. Like, you know, you always kiss your significant other on New Year's Eve, but it's extra special for us because now it's our anniversary. So, oh, see, that's you know. very so, sweet. No, I've, I guess I have, I have, yeah. I have a good relation, good memories and, yeah. and good, good, good times with New Year's Eve. I have, a, I have good memories of childhood growing up with the same thing I would be with my Oella. She was always a party. Like she was a dance in the, in the streets, get drunk on Budweiser kind of gal. I was here for it. I always tell my favorite story of New Year's Eve is one of the traditions in, in a Cuban household is you take a big giant bucket of water and you splash it out the front door to wash away the old year, right? Now, one okay. of my favorite parts of this story was that inevitably on December 31st, pre-global warming, it was always freezing. My mom would come home drunk uh, in heels and it would be like a sheet of ice just right in front of our house <laughs> because we would have just dumped a giant bucket of water out the front door. So one of my favorite things on New Year's Eve is remembering my mom coming in the house drunk and cursing about the water we had just thrown down not only out the door but down the steps too so it was like literally just like a, a treacherous hole um I yeah I I get it I just I don't like any holiday where it's like a pressure to have a good time having no I get, I get that that yeah. that makes sense because it's like you know what I'm gonna do my own thing right. like I don't want it's uh, the best nights are never the nights where you have to have a rip or good time and having kids really throws a, a, a wrench into the whole like I'm gonna stay up late and party vibe for right. for all my my the, our listeners with friends you know what I'm talking about um the other before we get started the movies I have one more uh new year's fun fact I did a little research because I am definitely one of those people who when all legs I because on I definitely just mouth words that are nonsensical I'm like should all that's how I sing that song um so I did a little research and I learned okay. about the rich history of old legs I 
which translates to long time ago or time long gone. From 1788, it is the Scottish poem by Robert Burns, who uh, puts out this poem as basically like clickbait for for the new year. Like he knew what he was doing. He's like, I want this to be the thing we all say at New Year's. Like he was very self-aware in creating this poem. Um, It is a debate of how to best balance the memories of your past with your with your determination for the present and that's why the opening is should old acquaintances be forgotten i i don't know should all your old memories go away should you just write off the past is it a whole new day answer is no it's way more complicated than that everybody yeah i was saying that's not a yes or no (laughs) no it is not and and robert burns acknowledged that the 12 other verses that nobody cares about to that song and then of course america being america we bastardized it we made it our own and we started a tradition where really we do it in america way more than any other country including scotland where it came from so there it is everybody there's the history of online sign you're welcome there we go i hope you enjoy mumbling the words drunkenly as always uh next year and every year after so tonight jackie what are we talking about so we are going to be completely on theme boop, and boop. watching two gems from 1980 gems yeah gems, gems. <laughs> let's not throw the word gems around loosely new year's evil and terror train that's right one year before we graced this planet well no technically for me one year before i graced the planet i was in the belly you were in the belly right we were both in the belly it's safe to say in the 19, no, in 1980 you, oh no i was not in the belly yeah you're right belly. i, I brewed up i brewed for the 1981 um these two movies graced us of course national treasure scream queen og bow down everybody to jamie lee curtis is in one of these in terror train and then new year's evil which just i'll save my thoughts all right let's talk about what do you want to talk about first let's talk about new year's evil because yeah. i feel like that's going to be like a short and sweet um like appetizer to actually is, talk it, to you about you know what movie. just like on a real good new year's party you want to start with a little something light you start with the drinks you know you make a little yeah. mixture you don't want to start just chugging the whiskey just yet that's no. going to be you're gonna get sloppy and dirty. You want to save that for later on in the night. That's why we'll save Terror Train in all its deliciousness for a second. I agree. I agree. <laughs> all right. So I have to say, this was my first watch of this. What a bananas movie. Same. <laughs> How I've never seen this movie these? before. <laughs> Me neither. And this one's definitely way more New Year's Eve than Terror Train is. Terror Train mentions New Year's Eve once and never gets back. To yeah. It. I mean, if you aren't really paying attention, you don't know that Terror Train is taking place around new year's eve or right, on new year's eve new like year's new year's evil, evil if you didn't listen to the song on. during the opening credits and evil. then five minutes later the same exact song being played on stage because it's evil and it's new year's <laughs> evil it's the punk r- never never have i saw such great lyrics in this yeah. movie <laughs> um all right i don't even so, know what to say about new year's evil you know here's my thing new year's evil had an interesting concept on paper I don't think they quite executed it. That's fair. So just in case anybody's unfamiliar, the plot of the movie is that there is a serial killer who is terrorizing a DJ slash VJ slash woman hosting Dick Clark's New Year's Eve for punk people in California, which I got to tell you, this did look like a party I'd want to go to. I'm just going to throw it out there. The punks were weird. They were mean. The, the mosh pit was too much. Like it was, I was overwhelmed you know, by her party. <laughs> this all this woman fit into a punk rock scene. 
the way that I would fit in at like a fucking Eminem concert. Like it is, it is no go. Like I think you would fit in swimmingly at an Eminem concert for the record. Mom's like she, <laughs> she was like, you know, they, they talk about her. Like when they introduce her, like she's the most punk rockinest, hard rocking yeah, new wave. Sh- her name is Blaze. And she's got on fucking blush for days, right? <laughs> and then she comes out and she's like, hey, it's time to rock. Do you guys want to roll. rock? Yeah, no, she, listen, I am all about a woman in her 40s getting a lead role as the hot Vixen final girl. Like, I'm all about it. She's got a kid who's like 50. She's like, she's old. She's old Magoo. And I'm, and she is the, the punk rock. Like, it's like when all of our favorite B actors put on their costumes from the 80s. Only now, like that's what this movie's like. She's like one of those bee queens still wearing her punk rock outfit, even though it's now At a con. Yeah. <laughs> it's way too late. She's like 50, this woman. But you know what? I'm happy to see a 50 year old, even if her blush and her. You know what? I'll give her that. I didn't think of that. And I will give her that credit that, yeah. you know what? She's her mom, and all of right. her blush. Like, girl, just fake it. Like, put a safety, glue a safety pin to your cheek or something. something. Like, you got to look punk rock. If you're going to be the voice of punk rock, like, listen, if somebody meets us in person, we we try to put on, we put on a little horror shirt. You know, we brush our hair that day. We try to lean in. We know we're podcasters. We know we're not here for our beautiful faces. But at least we lean into the role. You know, the least she could do is lean in a little bit, try to be a little punk rock. And then she gets out there and she's like skanking, but really she's just doing like the white person, like two steps. Yeah, like, she's doing like a white mom thing. Doing like the she, Carlton. She's like, like the white mom chaperoning your fucking dances. She's trying to just keep the beat. Dude, she looked like punk rock Barbie. Like they came out with like a new wave Barbie that had like blue eyeshadow and like a really yeah, tight 19- dress that I got one year for Christmas. And my father literally was like, what she's a hooker now like my dad was so mad that i got this barbie because she looked like a hooker. barbie and you know what yeah she looked like a hooker she she kind of did i watched csi she looked like a hooker you, you know, know what, what? I- that's fair <laughs> and there is a thin line between the two isn't there and and that's a that's a point i want to make about how much i hated this movie because i have to say i hated this movie i was so worked up i liked it until i realized who the killer was and then i liked it until he did what he did but once he did, I hated it, like with every fiber of my being. And I'm sure you're not surprised at all. I didn't, I can't say that I like categorically hated this movie. Okay. I, it was boring. I was just bored. I checked the there track was a constantly. Lot like of I was just like rock montage. Like, yeah. I'll never watch it again. No. Like this just was not. What like I, said, I think it had yeah. an interesting concept of the whole point is the punk rocker woman is in California. And this evil guy calls her at on her like fucking telethon, punk rock telethon, and says at midnight. Why were there kill somebody. In phones? Like, why was yeah, it? Like people were supposed to be like calling in with like their favorite song of the year or something. And so, like from New York through all the time zones, the guy keeps killing and like tape recording him killing people so he can prove he killed them. And it's like, like I said, it's an interesting lead up to think that you know. So New York midnight is nine o'clock LA. So then 10 o'clock LA and then 11 o'clock LA, like all the way up to midnight and the midnight is supposed to be, I'm going for you. Yeah. Yeah. Of all those time zones. Interesting concepts. Stupid execution. Now. Okay. So there's, there's a call, of course there's red herrings, but not really because you see the face of the killer from, from get go. Right. And the reveal is that it turns out it's her ex-husband. Right. So the first, I mean, there's a lot of things to unpack. My first thought here is Scream definitely stole the voice thing from this movie. 
Um, I, I, there, you will never convince me that Wes Craven was a, a, in somewhere in his subconscious remembering this movie. The problem was in 1980, voice recorders were not what they are today. So this guy had to like literally shove a, a piece of like he had to get voice in, his mouth, in his mouth, like all up in there. And then he'd have to be like, it was so bad like the voice changing like he needed you know when you're a kid and you buy a goofy voice changer and one's like the alien and it's like yeah he needed to like change the setting to the other i said that i i said that i made the joke that he sounded like peewee in peewee's big adventure when he was like (laughs) mr herman you have a telephone call at the front was. desk. He, That's what it really was. It, he it never changed that. it from the alien setting. Like yeah. it was just like, yellow, I'm going to kill you. And it was really hard to take him seriously because the voice was silly. Yeah. And he called her. And again, very scream in my opinion. I thought like, and yeah. he called her and he announced his crimes. And then here's the other rub in 1980. You're going to record all of your, your murders, which is very, I mean, listen, you do you. It's very like serial killer cool. But the problem is you got to bring a whole boom box with you everywhere you go. Yeah, so this is 1980. <laughs> so dude is like packing walking. the giant silver boom box. Yep. With, walking around you know. at a bar with it. Like he just yeah. takes it everywhere. And I got to tell you, it's not, it's, it's inconvenient in my opinion. It's inconvenient. Um, I have to say the one kill that really made me giggle though was the woman in the car. And here's why. So he, the killer uh, commits his first murder. Then he picks up a woman in a bar and much to his chagrin, she brings your bestie when he invites her to go to a party. He's going to murder her, right? So he's like, come with me to this party. She's like, all right, strange dude, I've never met. Hang tight a second. I'm going to go pee and then I'll leave with you. And then she comes with her bestie, which is a boss move, yeah. right? She even said, she was like, I'm going to bring my roommate because why am I like- going to go off with a strange guy by myself? Right. Like she knows what's up. <laughs> but here's my favorite part as he's driving around now with these two women in the car and he's salty because he was only supposed to have one to murder the girl who he's supposed to be on the date on is so cringy and is like i'm i'm so transcendental and then i'm zen and then and the best friend has the best slide she's every single one of us watching our friends on a bad first date because she's like do you ever shut up like do you ever know when to stop talking and i was like whoa I loved it. I laughed for like 10 minutes and then I was really pissed when the best friend got killed too because I was like I like her I want to hang with her she called yeah. her friend out on the middle of the date it was so awkward but amazing I was I was here for all of that yeah at one point so to get rid of her they're driving around and the guy's like she's like I have to go to the bathroom like we need to find some place to stop so he finds a liquor store and he's like here you go pee and Here's like, I don't know, a 50. I don't know what he handed her. He's like, go buy a big bottle of shampoo. A honey. He, he handed her, he hand her a, a hundo. Yeah, so she goes into the liquor store to do his thing. And that's when he murders the first girl. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't love that he killed her too. Like to I me, it's kind of like, yeah. you know. I didn't expect him to be at the dumpster though. I, Cause that's like, <laughs> so full disclosure, I watched both of these last night after we got back from getting like another familial obligation. And at one point, Matt went to go upstairs and I was like, I'm going to come too. And he's like, are you scared of these goofy ass movies? And I was like, no, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I kind of don't want to be downstairs when the killer comes to get me. Because, you know, a slasher movie is a slasher movie. It's going to get you a little bit. Like it's going to put you on a little bit of unease. Um, I, yeah. So when he jumped out of the, the, the dumpster was the only time I was like, ee! in the whole movie. Um, this, can we unpack the sun? Because I'm... I, I, What's I had, the socket? My like, note is what is going on with him. 
there's clearly some parental issue because you see in the beginning he's talking to his mom obviously she's about a little negligent he like auditioned for a role and he yeah. got the part and she's like that's not okay whatever like she clearly is not paying attention to him whatsoever which again like to i'm gonna defend her a little bit there because like i'm about to go on tv i got this big fucking gig i'm about to do one of the girls comes running and is like man i made a lego you know the square that i want to show you and i'm like okay cool story bro like here i am trying to like i i would say that i'd have never met a mom who isn't guilty of a little bit of brushing off their kid if they're about to do something really important and the kid comes in with their bullshit look at me look at me look how great i am because if you're a parent you know you spend a lot of time listening to your kids talk about amazing things that happened and being like, oh my God, that's amazing. So in that moment, I was willing to give her a pass until I realized it was like a little thing. Like she was a little negligent. She was, she was yeah. absentee. Yeah. But again, I, I'm ready to talk about this whole thing because I, I, I want to put a pin in that for later. Okay. Yes. She's a little, she's a little ignory of him, but she's yeah. also about to go to a nationally, pro- like Ryan Seacrest probably blows people off before he goes on well, air. With this kid, like there's so many things. It's like, I couldn't pinpoint what was going on because Mm-mm. she mentioned him having headaches. And at one point you see him taking medicine, but it almost looks like he's trying to overdose instead of actually take the medicine. Yeah. He and then he gets like, pills. yeah. And then he gets but like three. real like kind of cuckoo and he's pulling like he's ripping pantyhose and putting him over his face and then he pierces his own ear because i guess he wants to be punk rock so his mom will look at him and but then he goes back to being completely fine like yeah. i don't i don't quite i like i don't know what they were trying to do with his character honestly. no and i don't think they knew what they were doing either because they were like hey, mental health am i right like they just right. were like <laughs> they were like just threw a few like what makes someone crazy let's put a stocking on his head like yeah like they, I, that, that really is it. It's like they, somebody got, you know, I guess in 1980, what they had the DSM three, I don't know, but oh, like man, they're they looking through and they were just like, <laughs> what symptoms does a person have to be mentally ill? And they were like, well, so they might take check. pills. Check. Yeah. yeah. They might put gender over their face. Check. Yeah. And like his movements were weird. Like when he was taking his pills, he almost had like claw hands and he was like, eh. Like, like they had some sort of paralysis. I don't know. Like he I had really a lot don't know what they on. were trying to do with him. Fair. And you know what? Listen, did he need a therapist? Absolutely. Did he, should, should he have maybe, you know, got a, a little extra support for mom because he was clearly going through something? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, he's running around, like acting like a b- b- buffoon. And then we'll, I'll put a pin now here. Okay. The thing that made me most angry about this film no, the second most angry, because the most angry thing I'm really angry about, this thing I'm jokingly angry about. Okay. He fucking runs over the biker, right? Because he's not paying attention. He's busy daydreaming, which we've all been there, right? Tap the car in front of you, son of a bitch, but it's a biker. And now the whole biker gangs it, it like after you. A, why is he dressed like a priest in that scene? Because he was going after a nun. But he never got the nun. Right, because he got interrupted with the whole biker situation. Oh, so the, but like literally the biker scene was just, first of all, I'm all about a little gratuitous booby, but it was not good booby at all. Like that girl was in an awkward, the way they staged her in the car, I'm not trying to be all like, uh, here's how I would direct a porn, but I got to tell you, the way that that scene was framed was like the least attractive way to frame that poor woman. Yeah. And then the guy, so the the killer jumps in the car, he he kicks your boyfriend out. You're going to stay in the car? No, I'm diving. I'm doing. Yeah, no, you get out right away. Right, I'll button up my boobies later. Right now, it's Operation Get the Fuck Out of the Car. Yeah. 
But anywho, poor thing. She probably died. She died, right? Yeah, he killed her. No, she was saved. Oh, that's right. That's she right. was under the bleachers. That's and right. then she they ran found. And got, that's right. That's right. And the he cops came or whatever. And then yeah. so he never got his 11 o'clock. I know kill. he had one job and he screwed it up. Yeah. He really did. Although, to be fair, when she ran out of the car, I was ready to be so critical of the two guys who were crossing the street, but they did get help. So I couldn't even be mad. I was like, and you know what? The bikers, I boy, he really fooled them. They beat the crap out of another car. It was very upsetting. <laughs> How bad would you be if that was your car? You're like, what did I do to you, biker I know. people? Clearly, I'm not dressed like a priest. Why are you? I don't understand. I'd be very, bikers, please don't come after me if you're a biker listening to the show. I'm all about your alternative gangsta lifestyle but you know what second reference to peewee's big adventure because that time (laughs) i was like i say we let him go oh my god you're right (laughs) so really i think tim burton may have been you know he and uh he and peewee i think took a little uh, took a little bit from new year's (laughs) Eve as well look at you paul serial killer knew to just do tequila and everything would be fine he totally could have gotten away with it and then they all would yeah if i ever get caught by a group of bikers that's what i'm gonna do because i know better no it's like everybody knows that like with bears you have to play dead right bikers do tequila do tequila and they'll find you adorable and they'll take you on on an adventure they really um so okay i'm trying to okay so here's here's another gripe i have okay the police in this film victim blame the punks so hard it's bad it's they, nice. he, i don't blame them for booing him when he's like i'm not gonna lie to you y'all bought this upon yourselves you gotta be out there effing the police and living your alternative lifestyle and your rock and or roll and this is what you get like he like doesn't even mince words when he blames her and punk culture mm-hmm. for the serial killer for the yeah because these and, are the kind of weirdos just- <laughs> like your music you ha- you should have expected this yeah you deserve you every second of this right what victim the victim blaming this movie and it's so lovely because he victim blames and nobody bats an eye everybody's just like true <laughs> like because it's 1980 and 1980 the police are going to blame the victim if the victim is not anything other than mainstream culture yeah. um so when he gets up and he starts lecturing them, I'm like, I don't blame them for booing him. Like he literally blames them for all of this. And fun fact, not really any, like other than the ones who were in the elevator, the punk rocks really, rockers really had nothing to do with it. No, a lot of punk they rock just, though. They, yeah, I don't know if they actually knew what punk rock was because they were jamming out to some tunes that were- Oh yeah, they were not, slow dancing. Not, yeah, I don't know that that's, no. I mean, I can't speak to the LA 80s, punk rock scene right? in 1980. <laughs> But I feel the like cool I know punks enough were at to the know. Viper Room at that point. Like I yeah, don't think they like were I, I in that. I feel like club. I know enough to know that that really wasn't representative of the punk rock scene in 1980 in LA. No, I, in fact, I'm fairly sure and certain it was way cooler and way more badass than everything probably. in that film. China you say think. badass, I say probably scary. Oh, Germy was what I was really yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Icky, icky might be the word. I smelly, think, I think. smelly. Ugh, sweaty and dirty, gross. dirty yeah sorry punk rockers we love yeah, you but no we're offense. just not we're not we're not anybody we just lost our listeners that were there in the la punky scene in 1980 check them <laughs> off with the anti-vaxxers Done. we're dropping to 2022 the year we drop all of our guests like flies like who needs an audience <laughs> i mean what do i know about punk rock i'm wearing a cardigan and, and reading <laughs> glasses so i mean what do i know about it um I'm the least punk rock person I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all talk. So there's, you're a there's lot, my... you're a lot closer to like hip 
in that way that I am. You've always been. You've always been the cool one. I'm always like the dork in the corner. I was like, I'm hip. And you're like kind of hip. Yeah. Because I'm the one that's like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. And then I try to make a joke to like add levity to the situation and hope they don't actually hit me. Yeah. And then I busted tequila in the background. Yeah. And people are like, why is your weird friend doing tequila? Just let her go. Isn't she cool? Don't you want to hang out with her now? You don't want to kill her anymore, do you? um so this movie i have to say did you were talking about how it's a slasher it legitimately kind of like gives you a little bit of the wig because you know you're downstairs home or whatever. yeah uh to remind our audience uh one of jackie's irrational fears beside the statue of liberty's face is elevators so i did oh. not like the ending of this movie because not that i ever would think mm-hmm. that i would be on the underside of an elevator no but yeah. that's scary enough and fuck you I don't like elevators. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot all about your elevator thing. I'm sorry. That must have been because for me, I was like, this is like die hard. This is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, you, yeah. Was, yeah. I, I don't necessarily ever think I'll find myself on the underside, but still no. it was scary. No, it's not. just, I don't, it's it's enough to like induce, like I'm going to have a nightmare in three days about being in an about elevator. In an again, elevator. So, yeah. it, you know. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. So I got angry when so finally the big reveal comes we realize it's the ex-husband he then tracks I think her it's her current husband isn't it oh i don't know if they were officially they were definitely separated i would say no oh, yeah maybe i don't know but at the end of the day basically the theme of this movie is if you are a working woman if you value your career if you dare put yourself above anyone else at any point in your life and you happen to be a wife and a mother then you deserve to be brutally murdered because F you and you are literally responsible for ruining the lives of every man in your life. And this, 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 and and it's just accepted. Like, because then the son picks up the mask at the end and he's like, man, not so fast, you negligent biatch. And it's like, so basically all women, so this movie to me was a reminder of just how fragile male egos were heading into the early 80s because it was like, how dare women have this much power? How dare women work this hard? We're, you know what we're going to do? We're going to write slasher movies where they die for it yeah. or they almost die for it. And secretly you're going to cheer for the guy because you know what? Like I just could see a bunch of incel assholes with their Joker posters and their Scarface love and their lack of ever getting in laid ever. And if incels, you're welcome to stop listening to all of, all of these motherfuckers sitting around being like, you know what? Yeah. Women are the worst. They reject us. They're shameful. They lie. They like it was such a like incel before incels. This guy. Yeah. And oh he, yeah, I think he even says the line, something about her being the breadwinner, and he's yeah. like, "You castrated me." Yes, that's for doing I'm, my job oh, and so making money. Right? How dare I make more money than you? I know. I castrated you. And you know what? There's still so many women today, forty-two years later. Right? Did I do that math right? Forty-one. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm forty. Yeah, so that adds up. Yeah. Yep, that adds up. 40, 42 years later, women are still like me. I better be ashamed of the fact that I'm the breadwinner. Like, no, fuck you. Yeah, I make more money than my husband. What are you going to do about it? Like, granted, it's like $3 an hour, $3 a year more, but still, it's there. <laughs> and like, at the end of the day, like, F this. F your, oh, you're, you're so castrated by strong women. Like, uh, and again, I can't tell if this film was trying to be woke, but she was so victimized and she never really helped herself. Yeah. that it was hard to forgive this theme of like you see what happens when you're a woman who doesn't care for your husband and child look how crazy her kid is and it, and then it ends with the son putting on Stu. first of all this 
I'm going to rave about how much I loved the mask use in Terror Train. I'm going to poop on how much I hated the, the use of that mask randomly at the end in this movie. It, you know what? It made sense oh. in Terror Train. Right. It made it sense while they had the mask. Right. In this kinda movie, clever. it made no sense. No. And then for the, fu- then the, the, the son then obviously who idolizes his incel, because good, what does an incel love? another incel like that's and this kid's clearly dealing with gender issues he's clearly dealing with depression and severe mental health disorders he's been turned on his mother by his father like it's really tragic when you think about it but like she's so victimized yeah i mean is the mask thing simply to do a callback at the end for the son so the son can get away with driving the ambulance off with his mother like it's the stupidest callback the mask only served to have a, a device for the sun then to be like the sequel, which to be fair, I don't think there is a sequel to this movie, which fuck them. They don't deserve a sequel. <laughs> I don't give you a sequel because you're just basically pooping on women. Um, no, there's no sequel. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie was to me was like fun until like, oh, you ignored me and I deserved your full attention as a husband and I wanted you to be submissive to me. So now I'm going to kill you. And then her having to be rescued by keystones and incompetent idiots really pissed me off. And then she gets in an ambulance where she's presumably going to die anyway, after all that. She's like, yeah, because there's like, yeah. The, yeah, like the dirt last on her scene hands. is her son is driving the ambulance and the ambulance driver is like dead in the, dead in the, in the other seat. Nice mustache on the, the, the uh, ambulance driver though. I was like, no, <laughs> porn stash. Aww. Aww, no. porn stash. <laughs> So yeah, so screw this movie. I give it two feminist thumbs down. It is a patriarchal bullshit men being afraid of women gaining power in the early, late 70s, early 80s for me. What about you? Yeah, it was just in general kind of a boring movie Mm, even before we got to that part. Like I remember pausing it at one point to get up to like, I don't know, get a drink or something. I don't know. I I paused it at one point. I may have been letting the dog interact. You're nicer than I was. I let it roll while I was going to run I was like- (laughs) It's only been 25 minutes. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, it just, it didn't hold my attention. It was just kind of boring. It didn't hold my attention. And it was like, I don't know. Like, it just, it didn't do anything for me. So So many long montages of bad punk rock songs. Like, yeah, there I don't know who's scenes of who's like career dancing. Like, we get it. Like, we get that you're at like your New Year's Rock and Eve. Right. Eh, like I, I don't know like it was just so clearly they long. were trying to launch the band shadow and that was the band who performed like eight of the ten songs so it was made in japan which was the slow song <laughs> and of course these are the most punk rock wannabe songs ever suicidal ways dumb blondes simon bar sinister temper tantrum those are the names of all the songs from the movie in nice. case you're wondering and then of course the the theme song that get played like 12 times new year's evil the titular new <laughs> year's evil. i love the word titular how do i miss an opportunity to use the word titular oh, um but yeah so they boy did the shadow really try to make a run at it with this movie uh spoiler alert they failed <laughs> ooh, ooh. sorry shadow I mean, I'm sure you're great. I'm sure somebody, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure they'll be at a con one day and I'll be there for it. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. We'll be like fucking New Year's Evil. Hell yeah. yeah. And I'll be very drunk. Get right. I'll be into it. Right. Um, not since G-Tom back have I been this excited for a concert that, uh, of shenanigans. <laughs> um, all right. So should we move on to Terror Train also from 1980 and what I would argue is the more enjoyable and the more meat to its bones than the, of the two of these? Also, 
I have never seen Terror Train before. This is my first viewing. Same. And all I got to say, two words, David Copperfield. Fuck, that's all. Are you kidding me? There was a baby David Copperfield and he's a magician. And I got to tell you, I didn't realize it was, I'm going to own it. I didn't realize it was until the end. No, I was I, like, I saw his name in the credits and I was like, wait, like the David Copperfield. And then when he comes out, I was like, that's fucking baby David Copperfield. In my notes, I wrote, this magician is making me feel things both good and bad. And then at the end, I was like, it's because it's David Copperfield. Of course, he's making me feel things that are both good and bad. Of course. I, was like, why am I? I was so convinced he was the loser kid at first that I was like, why am I weirdly attracted to this guy? He's not good looking. And then I was like, because it's David Copperfield. He's got animal magnetism is his magic power. <laughs> this movie did such a better job with red herrings. Oh my God. It so did true. such a better job with like the, ma- okay. So it's like, so the whole plot, quick, brief synopsis is when these guys are all freshmen, they're all uh, pledging a frat and they tricked kind of like the dorky kid into like going up to the room and sleeping with Jamie Lee Curtis but really he gets in bed with a cadaver because the one kid's pre-med and then the kid freaks out so skip ahead four years later they're all seen no wait 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 the kid doesn't just freak out though the kid gets tangled in curtains in like an arabat like an acrobatic cirque de soleil that is true and in my head I'm like wait is he gonna die is he dead I thought he he was gonna get hung I thought he was gonna get hung (laughs) because you know there's all these curtains everywhere and he's like and he's flailing and he gets all wrapped up kind of like a bugs bunny kind of thing I'm gonna I'm gonna my hot take after Kenny's reaction and getting tangled in the curtains the way he did I'd have laughed at him too like that was that was absurd I was like Kenny what are you doing get your it becomes so it's like skip four years later they're now all seniors and it's Christmas break or New Year's Eve senior year and like they're having this big frat party on a train on new year's but they only say that it's new year's eve once right (laughs) and like right away you know that this is going to be like a revenge movie like we know that kenny is behind it it's going to be revenge um here's here's my hot take on terror train okay i'm ready for it i think by definition jamie lee curtis is more of a legitimate final girl in this movie than she is in Halloween. Wow. Okay. Tell She's me definitely final girl Halloween, but I think she does more as like defend attack, you know, in, in Halloween, I feel like generally fight or flight takes in and she's more flight in this one. I think her character, uh, Alana, is like she plans like at one point she knows he's coming after her so she like makes sure like when he goes to stab her she he's stabbing pillows like she legitimately fights she She knocks him off the train like i think she is more by the book definition final girl in this movie over halloween and that's my hot take that so so my i'm gonna be honest and say that i actually thoroughly enjoyed this movie i do of course Mm -hmm take a little bit of pause with the like the killer and we'll talk about that later but for the most part dude the scene where she locks herself in the little room 
Right. And like he's like poking all the lights out and then he's I, I found there were scenes that I was like, damn, this is a decent slasher movie. Like I can't believe I have not heard more about Terror Train, honestly. And not that I really have my finger to the pulse per se, but yeah, I well, feel we're like supposed more to. People- Shh, don't tell them we're supposed to have our finger to the pulse. Shh. And like maybe I'm 42 years late to the party, but like we are late to this party. I yeah. re- like this, I really enjoyed like I will watch this movie again. I really Me liked too. this movie. Me too. I, I thought this the kills were and it's interesting because a lot of the kills actually happen off scene, off mm-hmm. like off camera. And I'm here for that. Like I don't need, I'm not in it for 80s gratuitous, you know, gore. Yeah, we I, don't need no. I actually thought it was one. it was clever. And and the deaths were all effective to me because like I of course both of these films fell victim to the 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 black person being the first victim, which was annoying. But um I I did really enjoy like I was so like I was like justice for Mitchie, no, man. Like, in Terror Train, it, the Jackson is the second victim. That's true. Ed You're gets right. it at the gets it first, platform. Yeah. Before and they I even leave, that, that guy gets it. I liked that the kills occurred with people right around them. Like I always love a good kill while everybody else is in the room. I find that so interesting. Like I, I always say, I love the, op- the the cold opening of Scream Two because it's so interesting to see someone get killed in cold blood in a room full of people. I think there's something so haunting to me about that. And like. Uh, they they went for it man they killed off all the main characters which i found interesting uh, can we well first of all this this film has a weird pedigree too because it's directed by roger spottiswood who would go on to direct like turner and hooch and um uh, stopper by bob will shoot tomorrow uh, james bond movie tomorrow never dies like he's actually got a pretty good pedigree it also has doc did you recognize doc doc oh. is Har- um Hart botcher who you, i knew as the bad guy um, the jerk face guy from uh, Die Hard, the guy who's like friends with the wife and goes in to negotiate. Oh, is he? he's been in a ton of stuff, but he's to me, he's the guy from Die Hard. Okay, you know what? It's of- been it's been like a year or two since I've watched Die Hard, so I don't yeah. recollect him right off the top. I'd have to, I'd have to. Yeah, watch yeah. It like if you watch it, you'd be like, oh, funny. And then the other thing I liked about this movie is Derek McKinnon, who plays the Kenny is a pretty well-renowned drag queen and Canadian trans performer. So he, in this film, like, when I first was like, well, this is offensive. Like, I hate when they have... Okay, so I'm going to own the funny part, though. So the killer, it turns out that Kenny is back and on the train. And it turns out to be the magician's assistant. He's he's cross-dressed. He's transgendered, presumably. My favorite part of this for me, though, was I was... (laughs) I had been drinking... Okay. And I had also maybe had a little brownie, right? It's legal in New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the magician's assistant like three different times during the moment. I'm like, she's got a weird something. It, she's got a tiny head. And I was like really obsessed with her head being too small. And I kept saying she looked like one of the Martians from Mars Attacks. Like she just felt uncanny valley-ish to me. Which again, I, I'm not in any way, I'm so supportive of LGBTQ, I'm not, but it is hilarious to me that watching this movie, I was so caught up on the size of her head that at no point did I re- realize or recognize that it was a, it was a transgendered or a cross-dressing individual. Instead, I was very caught up on his tiny head. And if you notice when he does take off the makeup, he still has a really tiny head. So I felt very vindicated in my obsession with his head size. <laughs> <laughs> so- just I want to backtrack real quick it being New Year's Eve for some reason everybody's in costume 
So everybody what? has yeah. on like masks. Weird and ass like costumes though. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the guy Jackson has like a full creature from the Black Lagoon, like lizard person thing. But yeah. like everybody's in costume. Jamie which Lee is was how, a pirate. Yeah. Which is how the killer is getting away with. It's like that whole mistaken identity. Like they see the guy in the lizard costume. They think it's Jackson, mm-hmm. but it's really Kenny in the costume kind of thing. Like, so there, he's like kind of able, like, like you were saying, he's able to kill and move in plain sight because his face is never revealed. Right. Then at some point they get the idea that because Kenny, when they knew him, like before the whole shit went down, he apparently liked magic. So then they're convinced that the magician is Kenny. So now everybody's running from the magician. And I, I, like the, like I said, the red herring. This is good. Yeah. I didn't, when it was revealed that Kenny was the assistant, me too. I legitimately I was, like, was like, no way. Me too. Me didn't too. I got to tell you. Not even and remotely it, say it that I have that coming. Same. And again, I understand we have to be, we have to tread very carefully when we have a villain killer who is a transgender character or at least a cross-dressing character. I recognize that we are in dangerous waters there. I, I would defer to the judgment of the people I know who are in the LGBT tq community to determine whether or not this is problematic it probably has a hint of problematic something to it however i also feel like the queer coding of doc in this film is interesting and i'd like to kind of look at this film as almost along the lines of nightmare on elm street 2 in no way shape or form as obvious but doc to me is so obviously in love with mo yeah and like so he goes out of his way to kind of sabotage mo's relationship with his girlfriend right and when mo is sitting there all sad and like depressed that she might break up with him he's like well i'll always be here for you you always have me and like he'll be and then when mo kind of laughs he's like no no i mean that like for real yeah yeah no i got that right away too he's embittered towards other male characters he's angry he's also like to me i think the part is that is very telling too is when mitchie's with who she thinks is her friend but actually turns out to be the killer and she's like, oh, we, you know, we have that kind of open relationship or whatever. I think it's because, because Doc is, is at least questioning, if not outwardly gay and not really able to be outwardly gay because it's 1980 and he's in a Yeah, it's 1980. He's like right. the good looking, tough macho. He's pre-med. Boy. Right. You he's, know, right. clearly in 1980, you cannot be gay and pre-med kind of thing. Like he's, I think he is afraid of a stigma that at that time would come with being gay. Right. And I mean, this is, you know, and this is obviously like, I think this is right prior to the AIDS epidemic in yeah, the 80s. Yeah, this is right up to leading into. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things where I, oh, I picked up on that as well. I was like, you know, and- the open relationship his reaction his grief yeah to mo's death was just like that was heartbreaking and listen he's a shithead right like he locks jamie lee out of the room when she's like help 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 like that is cold he's also a jerk you know you can can be gay and a jerk so right (laughs) it's problematic representation to be sure but it's definitely interesting and i would almost be curious to hear like fright school or like uh you know one of the the very very good lgbtq horror like even like nightmare on fear street any of them to kind of dive into this because again as two straight uh people i hesitate to kind of really dive into that yeah. too much i recognize that it's problematic at best but it I, to me it's yeah i wasn't a lot of i wasn't sure it. if it was a situation where kenny only dressed that way to get to everybody or no see i got the impression that he didn't have to be a female like I, I don't know. And again, I think in yeah. my head, I learned uh, learning the history of the actor himself, Derek McKinnon. I, I think there's a certain, he was hired for the role and, and definitely played it 
comfortably because that is who he is in real life. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that that's an interesting kind of addition, like a little side note to be like, huh, he actually is identifies as, I don't even know, I don't want to presume, but I think he right. identifies as transgendered. But again, like it's a very fascinating well, I don't know, because he's just maybe just cross-dresser, who knows, but I had to have my daughter, who's very woke, and will explain all of this to be explained it to me in multiple, like, she was like, all right, here's mom, I'm going to make all the distinctions, make sure you're doing this right, so I did have her talk a quick chat with her about it, my, my resident LGBTQ uh, person, but at the end of the day, I do, I think there's, there's a little bit to unpack here, I find it interesting, I think it's worth a look in that way. This overall, like I said, it's, it's, it's a very good movie, it, was it, it played it was all of its parts potentially problematic but fun. Poten- you know what here's the thing unfortunately it's a sign of the times i, I like to you know there are problematic movies that happened back in the day one of my favorites to reference is back to the future yeah. and back to the future we're supposed to sit here and think that a white person taught um all of the black people what rock and roll is oh, you know no. i love that that, that michael white j savior. fox the white boy invented white rock savior and you gotta love a good yeah. white savior so trust me to be there fair, are plenty of good movies that are problematic to be fair this film in no way shape or form degraded or made fun of the fact that he was just as the assistant in fact it was it was not she at no point was it an issue of contention or something that was mm. mockery like made a mockery of or anything like that it was just kind of like oh shit there he it is it was that like, shocking Kennedy, plot twist. right that was the exactly. plot twist that, and it was like no one expected kenny oh to i gotta be honest i didn't expect her i didn't see how i didn't see Blew my mind for a mile away Blew my mind right. and like i couldn't help but wonder like it was so funny like i said there was something to me that just was it was funny and then the whole time I just couldn't get over how tiny his little head was which is ironic because I have a tiny head so I feel like I'm very like I'm I'm projecting my own insecurities about the tininess of my own head onto this poor poor guy um but no I I really enjoyed this I thought the the like oh hey I didn't think we were gonna get any boobs at all I was I was nervous I pulled the Jackie because I was like whoa we're like a solid 45 minutes in and I haven't seen a single triangle boob mm-hmm. and but then we got some right we got a little bit. We got a little it bit. wasn't a lot. No. This movie, this movie went more for gratuitous like blood splatter, not even gratuitous violence. Cause you right. really like you said, a lot of the stuff was done off camera, but we got a lot of the aftermath, which I liked. Like the bathroom compartment where Jackson was killed, there was blood all over. When Mitchie was killed, like she got her neck slit, there was blood all over. Mitchie's like, death was tough. I really yeah, like liked there was Mitchie. as not like I said, not gratuitous violence not gratuitous you know sex or nudity but we got really good aftermath like the victim scenes yeah very bloody and yeah and effective very effective this this movie works on so i'm like i really really like this one this one worked on so many yeah and i think short of maybe doc being i don't know even doc to me none of these characters were tropey which i really liked like doc Yeah. yeah doc was like a punk jock frat kid but he also was like kind of queer coded and so that made him interesting and Mitchie wasn't just like the best friend who's a bitch or the best friend who's a skank like she she was kind of a cool character like she helped carry the really drunk guy and she was like yeah my I'm in an open relationship and like I don't know she was they were all to me kind of interesting characters and it's funny because even though they all deserved not to be murdered I don't think it's fair to say they deserved to die for making a bad prank Although who uses real dead bodies in pranks? Like I was like, who that escalated quickly? Also, like, was- what 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 freshman 
It's fine. He worked fresh gets cadavers. It's fine. He was he worked as a janitor and you need uh, supplies. He's pre-med. <laughs> guys, guys, I'm pre-med. I love how often they were like a bachelor's degree. They were like pre-med. We're pre-med. Yeah. Stop uh, it. We're pre-med. Stop no, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, and I can't speak to this, but I know that you can. When you're like they the doc seem to already be in the fraternity. Can yes. you be in a fraternity in freshman year? Like, I thought that's when you're pledging. Yeah, I pledged. Well, well I pledged to, and got in freshman year. The pledges all had to wear the little beanies, which. Right. I was going to say, he typical. seemed like, I didn't pick, I didn't, I didn't think that he was a freshman. He seemed to be more of the authority in the fraternity. So oh, I, I think Doc was, was a fifth year senior. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got the impression that, uh, because you're right. Yeah, I didn't know if you can all, get in freshman you can, year. I mean, it depends on the fraternity, but you can, in fact, pledge freshman year. Okay. At Rowan, you weren't allowed to pledge until spring of freshman year. But right. in a lot of places, I, I bet you that's not even a rule. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's fair. And I also like, it's funny because I liked that the girls weren't in sororities. Like I thought it was a really cool, like they didn't just do the, what I thought would be an organic mix of like, well, we're the fraternity and the sororities on the train right. with us. Also, um, I can't tell if a train party is the coolest thing I've ever heard of or the most terrible idea ever. My pandemic self is like, germs, germs everywhere. Well, you know what? It, that kind of situation always lends to good movie making when you have the isolated location. Yeah, Even though at true. one point they stopped and got off the train and then got back on, um, like I they made liked it a point, that scene. Yeah. They made it a point to talk about how old the train was. Like the train didn't have a phone or a radio, yeah. um, you know, and they were kind of at the mercy of how far away to the next stop they were. So maybe I train like, cruises are the next booze cruise. You know what I mean? Like okay. a train. Maybe we can, we we can start train cruise. Train. Oh booze my god! Cruise. Maybe we should do a business. Also, I I had to laugh at like the whole coal versus. Like the guy who was like, well, Cole's going to be the next big, I was like, oh, homeboy, do you not realize that they're all like fossil fuels? Like, do you, does somebody need to teach this man? Like, hmm, uh, the difference between diesel and like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, and apparently there were embargoes at this point going on with a lot of gas products. So I guess it made, because thankfully my husband, who's so much smarter than I am, made that point to me. So I was like, oh. I guess it makes sense that they would be arguing over diesel versus uh, gasoline and which one's better. It turns out both, the answer is neither. It turns neither. out solar. No, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm glad we watched this. I think both of these movies were good New Year's Eve's watch. Um, I'm looking forward to a whole new year of horror. I think a lot of cool horror movies are coming out this year that I'm pretty yeah. pumped for. Um, I think even you are excited for some of the remakes that are rearing their head this year, right? Am I? I think are I you? am. I don't know. Are you? Let me, let me I see here. So. I don't think Morbius should be considered a. No, uh, that's new, like, I'm excited for the new Scream. That'll be coming out later. I'm not. This I'm not. Really? Oh, no. I, I, think it's I stopped watching Scream after Scream 3 because I was like, this is fine. I did watch Scream 4 and I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, no, I am in no way, shape, or form excited for Scream. Focus, Scream focus part two. 28 or whatever Scream it's coming out. Really? Oh, I'll watch yeah. it. Hocus Pocus Part 2 is coming out, which I'm excited about. Um, I don't know why they have all of like the Marvel movies in the horror list, but I take issue with that. Jeepers Creepers can go suck a big one. Um, yeah. I don't care that it doesn't have... Oh, they're like, oh, we got rid of Salvo. It's fine. No, this whole franchise needs to die. Um, Hellraiser mm-hmm. remake. Uh, Evil Dead Rises, which is not a remake, but is a continuation. Terrifier 2, we've been waiting for long and hard. Yeah. I, gotta give, I gotta give love to uh, our boy David Howard Thornton um for Terrifier and felissa too. rose is in that one isn't she i do I think, love yeah. her yeah so yeah. i'll be there for that yeah don't care about the new movies. halloween ends at all i do i do 
I'm hoping no. they're going to make right all the wrongs of the last movie. Don't care about Scream. I will say there are a lot of 2020. I just got, I'm very, for anybody at home who's a big dork like I am, New York Times just released the best genre movies of, uh, of 2021 and all five horror movies on there I have never even heard of. So that is my plan for the, for the remainder of winter break is to dive into all these films um because they look yo uh 2022 salem's lot remake oh hell yeah you know me. september 9th 2022 i am like you know me i'm like charlie brown with the football i'm always gonna give it a good shot i will say i have been enjoying the new chucky series and i i don't know if you'd hate it if you gave it a shot but you probably would um i do want to i do want to watch it um is it on hulu (gasps) it might be might be Yo, so I clicked on Salem's Lot, the one that's coming out in 2022, just to see who's in it. Yeah. And my fucking homeboy, William Sadler from Demon Knight and Death yeah. from Bill and Ted. He plays he's Barlow. In, yeah. He's he's in. Um, oh, OK, so I am super excited for Salem's Lot now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very I'm not in love with the idea of Lewis Pullman. I really am. No. Not. Well, I was like, going to say this is Salem's Lot has was is one of your faves. So oh I get God. that, that That's they're like treading jam. on, treading on jam. possible thin ice. Because it's so tough. But like one of your favorite ones. It's never had, in my opinion, the movie it deserves. I, I really like. Really? I mean, I love the original Salem's Lot. I think it's like cheesy goodness. I yeah. like the remake that they did with What's His Face, the kid Probably. from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but again, I just, I feel like they've never nailed it. Maybe they'll nail it. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Um, before we go, just a, a quick, a quick wrap up of 2021. Yeah. What were some of the favorite things you watched in 2021? Oh, I have to say most of them were not, um, were, were not our movies. Yeah. Um, in fact, very few of my, of my top movies from 2021. What are yours? Cause mine are like, uh, they're uh, like I really liked Cruella. You're gonna laugh at me. I thought I that movie was yet. amazing. Jenny and Lou were talking. They were raving about Cruella. I need to watch that. They were absolutely raving about it. This is very late to the party, but Encanto was the best Disney movies movie I've seen in years. Encanto really was, and again, Lin Manuel Miranda, right? Like he's a you're a wizard, Lin Manuel. But um, for me, yeah, for me, Encanto was a good one. I I think had I actually seen it, I'm sure. Based on what everybody's saying, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be quick to make my list. Um, what yeah. about you? What did you watch that you fell in love with? Um, so I did not watch a ton of movies. Okay. Um, obviously, we saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters was good. I one. laughed. I cried. Yeah. It belongs in the series of movies. Um, <laughs> Promising Young Woman was my big one. If I yeah. had to. Oh, my God. Did you see that? No. Please Honestly, I, I spent a lot of 2021 watching TV shows that came out, um, have come and went like 20 years <laughs> That's ago. That's fair. Me too. You know, too. I finally Definitely watched- Definitely see Promising Young Woman though. Please. I watched The West Wing, which was, oh my God, it was so fantastic. I got absorbed like instantly so in good. The West Wing. Yeah. It was so, so good. Um, yeah, I feel like, I, I honestly, like I said, I focused on- reading this year over watching movies and stuff like that so that was really like I said I definitely I honestly I can't remember off the top of my head any movie I mean we didn't wow okay afterlife was the first movie that we watched in the movie theater since before the pandemic you know what was a big letdown for me I don't know if you saw it uh last night in Soho I was like (laughs) 
I haven't seen it and it looks so good. Really, and you know how much, oh my God. Well, you might like it. I mean, Maybe don't listen to me. What do I know? But I, you know, I love Edgar Wright. I was go, yeah. going into this with huge expectations and I was just like, <clears throat> at the end, like, I was just like, this is, this is promising to me, promising young woman did what that movie couldn't do. Okay. If that makes, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but I think promising young woman was a, a sucker punch of a movie. Yeah. And I loved it. I also, if we're talking horror movies, the fact that we got to see the amusement park, uh, the George Romero one was a big moment for me early this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like it, was said, fucking, it was fucking, I cool. really can't, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm assuming that no other movie really made an impact because I'm really not remembering. Same. Like the big much. ones I waited for were kind of disappointing. Like, and again, just horror wise, like Halloween was a letdown for me uh quiet place too was just meh like i don't know i I, nothing huge you know what i keep wanting to see that i hear good things about is pig the the new the nick cage one we gotta watch that one we should do it for the show we should did we watch uh willie's wonderland or wally's wonderland in 2021 you really liked that one though i really liked it and oh my god his new movie the new movie coming out yeah, in 2022 looks, with him and uh pablo pascal mm-hmm. already my favorite movie yeah you had me and pablo yeah yeah uh, so uh, excited for that yeah like i said it's not not much in the way of movies definitely not much in the way of horror i think i went back to the well and just watched exorcist you know for the seven thousandth time this year yeah there wasn't there wasn't anything that really lit my, like lit me on fire too again i missed apparently i missed a whole lot of them though because i'm looking at this list that i got from the uh like i didn't really like the resort old was a giant letdown um the new i you know hot take the new wrong turn i really liked yeah malignant was meh i'm behind on the wrong turn movies i know there's a ton of sequels and i'm really behind on them yeah Candyman was okay i want to see candy man yeah i do i that's a movie that i want to say but i'd be lying if i if i said that candy man was like oh my god candy man you know fear street was more exciting for me than candy man I liked parts of Fear Street. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I didn't love all of it. Um, mostly just because it didn't thematically really make sense to call it Fear Street. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a whole. I heard where I heard the two that I really want to see that got a lot of attention were Werewolves Within, which I have not seen. I want to see that. Me too. It's on my list, and it's on my I'm gonna binge it over break list, and then because mm-hmm. it's the same the Scare Me, the guy who did Scare Me. Yeah. And I, you know, my feelings about Scare Me. I fucking, Scare Me that was, was my fun. Scare Me movie was super of 2020. Fun. Oh my God. My all time favorite. Like t- top 10. Like if I'm going to be like, you want to watch a horror movie that's going to blow your mind if you're not a horror fan, watch Scare Me. Yeah. You know, Scare Me was really good. Scare Me was good. Candyman was meh. Um, yeah. You, so I'm going to, I'm going to post back though. I think I'm going to try and write a blog about all these movies that I definitely missed that I'm looking forward to catching up yeah. on. Um, Cause I don't have a top 10 of, of this year list, which makes mm-hmm. me feel bad. Yeah, no, I was trying to think of that earlier. (laughs) I was trying to think of that earlier where it's like, you know, best movies I saw, best TV that I watched. But like, yeah, most of most of my best stuff was either Marvel Universe or like, you know, other geeky worlds that I love. Yeah, like I really liked, I finally this year watched WandaVision. Uh, That came out this year, right? Or end of last year? Maybe. I don't remember, but it's so good that I'm- I don't, I don't remember. Falcon and Winter Soldier was this year. Hawkeye was really good. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't- I watched one episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier and I told Chad, I'm like, you can finish it. Like that really? one didn't uh, hold my attention. Loki, we still need to good. watch Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye's really uh, we liked, good. We liked Loki. Loki both, was awesome. We, Chad yeah. and I both really liked Loki. I mean, but I'm such a like Marvel Universe geek that I'm here for all of them. Yeah. Even Black Widow, I really enjoyed the movie. I we still really need to good. watch yeah. Black Widow. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 behind on Marvel. My mom really wants to watch uh oh what's the one with the rock? The 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 jungle cruise. Eh, it was eh. Yeah. She yeah, loves she loves the rock. And yeah. she also said she's she kind of thinks that they have elements. It's like kind of a slight maybe remake of the African Queen, which is a movie. It has she that really vibe. Likes. Yeah, it has some vibes. Yeah. yeah. So I told her I think it's mostly based on the ride. I said, but it may be a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. So she wants to see that. So hopefully my mama will feel better and be cleared of COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, she doesn't have COVID, but she got exposed, we think. Oh, so she's that. getting tested soon. Yeah. So as soon as we find out she's clear, she's going to come over. Yeah. yeah, we're going to snuggle and we're going to watch Jungle Cruise. Yay. All right. Well, that about does it for our New Year's celebration. Happy yeah. New Year, love. Happy Here's New Year, everybody. Year. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you are handling the, the dreary existential crisis with, 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 <laughs> that is January with all the grace and happiness and safety that you can possibly yeah. muster. I'm excited because uh, we're going to be continuing. We're going to be picking back up on our decades of horror. <gasps> oh, yeah. We've we're going to figure out how far we want to go. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be hitting the 70s and, you know, we're going to keep on going with that. So uh, pepper it out wait. throughout the year. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to do our other episodes in between, but yeah. we're going to keep going on our our decades episode and We've got a lot of fun stuff planned. We've got a lot yeah. of fun guests lined up. So right. good, good times in 2022 in, in, in the ghouls camp. Yep. And to all of our loyal fans, thank you so much for listening. We are so excited to be doing as well as we are and to have as much uh, just support as we do. I love getting emails and messages. And so please hit us up. We love hearing from fans. What did you love and hate in 2021? What are you excited for for 2022? Let us know. Don't forget to check us out on social media or your favorite podcasting app. Just search Jersey Ghouls and you will find us. You can also find us on the World Wide Web at www.jerseyghouls.com. Uh, Bye-bye. listening to the Geekscape Network.